To the film vault. Uh, I'm Brett Bishop. That's Anderson over there. We're your hosts for today. Oh, Anderson, bittersweet episode. Top five summer preview. The films we are or would be looking forward to the most this summer in theaters. God willing, there is a summer in theaters. Uh, we'll we'll uh, power forward with power forward. We'll uh, power through with. Um, some of the films that were going to be released and now have new release dates. So we'll go with some original release dates and we'll talk about films that are still uh, ostensibly coming out this summer. Yeah. Anderson, what say Brian. you? Brian. <laughs> I try and start. I try and be happy, but then how say you? It's like, um, uh, I'm, how, how? Is that, is that, is that, is that an egregious How say error? you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a natural. It's not. It's okay, not. It's, um, not, it's uh, not natural. You, you you would never say that to me. Like if we're having lunch, so uh, it irks me. But whatever. Hey, uh, yeah, we're a week late. Well, Usually we do this uh, mid-April, so we're about a week late. But uh, there's still a lot of movies that are scheduled to be released, and uh, we're gonna talk about those, like you said. And then I have a slew of movies that have been pushed, and I have their uh, original dates as well as uh, the new release dates. Some have been pushed all the way till next year. Hey, hey, hey. How say you, Brian? How say you? I bet you dollars to donuts. You got the same kind of information. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Back to you, Brian. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's some good stuff. Uh, how say you? It just it just reminds me of uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Like, immediately, I just see Bill O'Reilly's smug face, and and it makes me want to stomp <laughs> things. And it's not a good way to open the program. How say you? I will tell you honestly, I've never uh, I've never seen a full episode of Bill O'Reilly's program. Uh, does he say how? How say did you, you steal his act if you have never watched? Uh, I thought you studied him. Anderson, how dare you? Uh, believe it or not, more than one person says yeah. how say you. Hey, uh, real quick, couple orders of business. Number one, Brian, we're going to be good at a professional program here. We're going to be good at plugging our own stuff. This Saturday night, as in May 2nd, at 8 p.m., we did move it up seven from 7.30 to 8 p.m. That's Pacific Standard Time, so sorry, people from back east or around the world that uh, might get a little bit late, but good news for you in, in Hawaii, those of you in Hawaii, uh, that's only four, that's, uh, that, what, that, that's uh, five o'clock, but uh, eight o'clock our time, West Coast time, uh, Brian and I are going to be hopping on the old uh, Zoom, the old Zoom with a... Uh, with uh, the each of us, and I'm going to be giving out a uh, an invite to through the Patreon. So anyone who uh, can click through the Patreon and look see the Patreon, I'll I'll send an alert. So you'll be able to find the link over there. And we're gonna do I don't know probably 30 maybe 45 minutes of just hanging out with the listeners before Brian and I launch into our 007 commentary drinking party that he and I are going to be doing. Originally, I was a little ambitious, I guess, and I wanted to do it with uh, listeners on with us and and commenting and watching. Watching the movie along with us, I thought it'd be a fun thing. But Brian and I did a test over the weekend, and it just proved to be too distracting and too much was going on, and uh, it would have it would have made the actual content suffer. So instead, we're just doing a little meetup, hang out, uh, have some drinks, maybe answer some questions, and see how it goes. And if it, if it if it's horrible, then we uh, we'll bail out early. But uh, we're committed. We'll be there at eight p.m. Uh, uh, Pacific Standard Time, right, Brian? How say you? Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we did a little uh, field test with uh, Zoom and some other uh, associated technology. Did not go super well. Realized we wouldn't be able to record, 
you know, there's going to be a small percentage of people who listen, who would have listened live versus the uh, hopefully larger percentage of people who downloaded later and watched along with the movie as is intended. So in order to uh, not make the product suffer, like Anderson said, we will uh, have a little pre-party. It'd be like the Super Bowl, you know, like the, 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 the vast majority of people who watch the Super Bowl are watching from home. Uh, away from the stadium, but there is, you know, a select few that are actually in the stadium, and we're going to do, you know, for uh, for uh, for for those who wanted to be along for the ride. It was the initial thought that I had weeks ago. I pretty much as soon as I I learned that most of us were going to be ordered to stay inside, I was thinking, let's have a. This is a good time to, you know, maybe have a little weekend uh, drinking session with uh, with you, I, and the listeners, because people are looking to do things that are, you know, a little social, a little fun, and uh, an excuse to drink uh, where they normally would be drinking out, anyways. So. I just dropped my uh, my headphones. Hold on. So that was that was the initial idea there, Brian. And uh, you got anything else to, to add on to 007? Hey, it looks like me, Moonraker uh, is the winner. Moonraker is what we will be watching. Oh no! Oh no! We're, we are the losers in that case. Hey, let me let me run a couple things by you. Number one, do you remember? God, do this you is remember? Just more evidence that we don't you know, discuss the we don't discuss things before uh, the show starts. Do you remember? Oh God, this would have been maybe. A little less than a year ago, you were like, oh, let's come up with some ideas to, you know, some new ideas, blah, blah, And I was like, let's have like a, you know, like happy hour at the film vault. And you're like, no, nah, no, no good. <laughs> I'm like, this is essentially what we're doing. Yeah, I know. Well, this is related to people not being able to drink uh, in their bars or out socially. So I thought it would be, this is in lieu of the, yes, this, this is in circle. lieu of the live show that we're getting really, we were about to launch and start plugging, um, Right when this all began, we were originally supposed to do a live show at the Chinese Theater June 21st, but obviously that all got pushed. So this is in lieu of that. I will still be. uh, While we will not be, uh, you know, helping uh, the show out financially at all with with this endeavor, I still think it's a it's a fun thing to do and a nice thing to do. And it could be enjoyable or it could be a total bust. Only one way to find out. So let's let's give it a shot. Okay. well, that's and um, that's funny you mentioned that. Again, we don't discuss things before the show. Perhaps we should. No, that involves talking to Uh, you. Is this going to be? So is this, is this going to be so we're the only ones who are going to be talking, but we can like, you know, like read a chat. I don't know. I like think we might see some the, video. It might get a little sloppy. I don't know. I don't really care. It's fine. Whatever happens, happens. It's going to be one of oh those. Boy. Yeah. Oh, is this is this going to be the same thing open to uh, 100, 100 Patreon patrons or is there a limit or the, the limit is 100? But I, I don't I don't fear that we're going to have that problem. But we we might. Who knows? I don't know. But if you're listening to this you will be able to get a link to the live discussion that Brian and I will have in pre-party, the 007 Moonraker pre-party that Brian and I will be having remotely with each other. And there's a good chance that I'll uh, open up the video feeds as well. It's, it's all going to depend on my mood, Brian, how I'm feeling that Saturday evening when I start plugging things in and uh, I'm going to see how I feel. Maybe i like to see the listeners. Maybe I would like to see them. Well, It'll be up to me. That leads to my next question. My next question, which is, you know, again, we we maybe, we maybe should have thought about this beforehand. What if a listener? What if what if someone who is not a patron, Patreon patron right now, is like, hey man, I really want in on this, and it's Friday the day this comes out, and uh, can they sign up and get the link? Can they sign up for Patreon? Yeah, you know what? I'm, here's what time. I'm going to do because I'm a, I'm a giver, and. Uh, 
here's the deal. You don't even have to be a Patreon member. You just have to have a Patreon membership. There's a free, there's a free membership. I think you gotta like do a few clicks. That's where I'm going to be doing all the polls, uh, for, for, uh, for the, not for voting on what movies we should watch. That's all. You gotta be a Patreon subscriber for that. But uh, as far as like, uh, have you seen, I'm opening that up to everybody, even the people that aren't, you know, giving us the five bucks a month or more. And, uh, but you just have to be a Patreon member. You don't have to be, you don't have to give anything. You just don't get any extra content. Okay. You so see you what have, I'm saying? Now, if you are a Patreon member, if you are a Patreon member, I got some some good news for you. Uh, not only will this uh, commentary with the 007 and us drinking, I, I I hope that it's good. It'll be good enough that even if you're not going to watch Moonraker along with us when you listen to the commentary back, I'm hoping it'll be good enough. You can just listen to it while doing things around the house, and it'll be entertaining because we'll be getting drunk and sloppy and making comments about a movie. You won't. I don't. I hope if we're successful, you won't actually even have to watch the movie for it to be enjoyable. Now, watching the movie along will probably amplify your enjoyment, but I'm hoping that it's successful to the point that you don't have to watch Moonraker. If you do, if you would like to, it, we chose one that's available streaming with your Prime membership. Uh, so all of our Patreon, if you're a valid Patreon member as of May 1st, you will have this in your feed. I will make that available once we are done with it in your feed. As well as, Brian, because as, a, as, a, as an apology... And also because I'm behind on, on doing this. The last two episodes that I recently found from the uh, 97 One uh -huh. Days, uh, those I have screened those. I have put those together, and I just got to put some finishing touches on those. So that's from 2008, I believe, 2009. Those episodes, full episodes, will be available for our Patreon listeners, as well as our very first episode on the Orange Couch will be made available on the archive for Patreon members. This was not supposed to be a 10-minute uh, uh, Patreon ad, but that's what it's turned into. How's that? Fair enough. Um, damn, I had one. <laughs> well done. I had one more. Oh, if you want the full experience uh, watching Moonraker and listening to our uh, commentary, uh, you have to play the James Bond drinking game along with us. That will be the whole. Yeah, I mean, we're going to announce when we're the, drinking. Uh, so my idea is people could be, you know, vacuuming the floor and listening on their AirPods. And uh, when they hear us say, oh, fuck, we got to take a drink, they, they can take a drink. They don't have to. Uh, See what I'm saying? True. And then also, if you're not a Patreon member, if if you if times are tough for you, or you just don't like film bold enough to get to get more, uh, but you will want you 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 find yourself uh, yearning for this this uh, extra bonus content, I will make that available for non Patreon members at some point. But basically, it's it's a it's a little added bonus, uh, one more thing. And, and if you are a Patreon member, uh, I've said it a number of times, you get the full archive that is available, and I'm always adding to it. Uh, in, in total, there's like well over 600 episodes of the Film Vault from the last, uh, I don't know, 17 years, which sounds weird to say, but it's true. And uh, I, I always get the episode, most every time, get the episode up 24 hours in advance. We do uh, spoiler discussions on, on movies that uh, warrant it. And we do an extra episode every month just for Patreon with a more like a esoteric uh, type topic. So that's what uh, you get the keys to the vault, five bucks a month or more gets you all of that. And it's just it's it's essentially more film vault. And uh, I like to think it's a lot of bang for your buck. And uh, a lot of entertainment value, as well as all the stuff the, that you will end up watching as a result of hearing all the film bulbs. So it's, it, it, it works two ways. That's funny. When, when, you, when you texted me this morning, the first thing I woke up to a text, it was said, uh, a 11-minute uh, Patreon ad at the top of the show today. And I was like, wow, that's not going to happen. But here we are. So you, you, made, it, you made it come true. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was my mission. When I woke up this morning, I thought that was the first thing on my mind was we have to do an 11-minute Patreon. You really asked a lot of questions. You were that, you're like the guy that I, uh, 
Like, you know, the meetings, and I'm sure that a lot of people are doing Zoom meetings right now, and they know what I'm talking about. Like, the meeting's wrapping up. It's about to adjourn. And then, does any, anyone have any questions? And there's always that one, yeah, yeah, I'd like to ask this question. It's like, no, it's just let it, ask the question in email form after the call is finished and we can all move on with our day. You know what I mean? And you were that guy. You kept raising your hand. Kept raising your hand. Sec. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not that guy. I'm the guy running the meeting. Well, it's funny because it'll be my, my meeting officially on Zoom. I, <laughs> literally, it's going to be my meeting. Right, which is weird. Which is weird. Literally, is my weird. meeting. Uh, final. More, more <clears throat> importantly, what are you, what are you going to be drinking during the, uh, I, the James Bond drinking game? You got to pay. I yourself, believe man. I'm going to get me some modern times sour uh, beer because I love that sour beer. Good, yeah. smart. I love the the warm feeling it gives me in my belly. Yeah. Hey, you know what I realized today uh, that we might have I. I Strangely enough, thought of this while peeing. I thought of this uh, problem. We are going to have to pee during the episode, Please. during the uh, the commentary, because it's a two-hour-plus movie. Oh, We're going to be drinking throughout. Uh, so I'm thinking about maybe getting a bucket, maybe a watering can, because I'm going to be doing it outside. Smoking a cigar. Oh, that's very easy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something you can pull off. It's going to be a, more, a little more difficult for me. Uh, that said, I'll... Well, there's I'll no grass around me. I'm going to be on a, you know... S- s- cement slap second and final order of business before we get to the actual program brian uh last week there were i guess it could be heard as technical issues as in uh there was more of a delay than there has been in the past and it's my own fault it's my own fault i'm the one who pastes these things together you know brian and i obviously are doing it from remote locations because of the old uh the old the, the the sickness as uh as 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 Aziz Ansari says in uh, in uh, Master of None, uh, I, I I synced it up so that it was exactly the way that the show records uh, via phone uh, because I, I don't want to get into it, but I do a clap at the beginning of the show and then uh, I sync it up and I, I sunk it up perfectly, but then the delay shows up. So what I have to do, and I will do this week, and that's why you're not hearing the weird delay this week, is I'll go in and I'll adjust it. And when it drifts, I'll make sure that I, it, it, it takes a lot of time. I did, a, I did an experiment last week that failed. Long story short, it failed, and there was a, a, long, a, lo- a, lot of, uh, a lot of pauses. Are we uh, more are, than normal? Are we recording on different like speeds? No. Well, maybe. Actually, yeah, we probably are. Because uh, I'm I'm recording through the uh, Roadcaster, and uh, it it demands 48. I don't want to get into it, but you're probably recording at 44.1, and I'm recording at 4800. So, and there's no way around it. Interesting. So that could be a part of the problem. Anyways, let's get into the show. Uh, and it's also official. I am not going to do all three flick fashions because here we are once again, 15 minutes in, and we have not uh, we have not uh, done any any the, any of the actual show yet. So let's let's get to it. I'm looking at the bottom of my display screen here on my recorder. It says wave 44.1. Is that what you're, discu- is that what you're talking no, about? No, Brad, I'm talking about something completely unrelated. That was just coincidental. Oh, really? Like total coincidence. Yeah, what are the chances? <laughs> it seems astronomical, to be honest <laughs> Yes, with I'm you. talking about exactly that. That is the issue. That is the problem. Uh, but mainly it's... Should I change Mainly the it's there's a delay on the phone. But, uh, it, 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 hey, buddy... You're not going to make another appearance here. I'm right here. I'm talking to my son, who just came running towards me. Mm-hmm. Atticus, fuck hey. off. Hey, hey. Hey, buddy, Brian just... I'm not going to sell. All right, so let's go. That was for your ears mm-hmm. only. That's a James Bond reference. Stop it. Uh, all right, fan... Are you, are you excited for Moonraker? Um, no, I'm not. Uh, and do you have anything to say about Universal uh, pulling, pulling all of its movies? Uh, no, no, AMC saying um, no Universal I movies? I haven't... 
because Universal's like, hey, yeah, yeah, hey, this is uh, working out pretty well. We made like a billion dollars with uh, Trolls. They didn't make that much, but, uh, you know, so we're going to go straight to streaming uh, from now on. And then instead of like getting together in a room, they say that to the press. And then AMC CEO just turns around and goes, ah, press, come over here. I say, I have something to say about that. So childish. And then the, and then he just says, no more Universal movies for, from here to eternity. AMC will not show any more Universal movies as we go through bankruptcy. Like They got their own problems. And then. Oh, Here's no, the best sorry. part. I don't know if you thought about this, Brad, Brad but uh, if you live out here in L.A., you're probably familiar with this. Uh, Universal Studios, big uh, attraction out here in SoCal. Uh, if you believe the billboards, it's the number one Southern California attraction. Uh, they have a, a thing that's oh. attached to it called Universal City Walk, where it's just a giant outdoor mall, right? And they have a movie theater, uh, Universal City Walk. It's probably the biggest movie theater in that part of town anyways, and it's the AMC movie theater. So how is that going to work? Oh, interesting. Yes, it feels, well, I haven't delved too deep into the details, but it feels uh, reactionary. Exceptionally. feels uh, kind of petty. Reactionary, yeah. And uh, I, I would say that I, I can't imagine it's going to last very long. Something's got to give. Either AMC goes underwater or uh, they, they need, trust me, AMC needs uh, Universal more than Universal needs AMC. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're saying Marvel or Disney, I agree with you, but Universal doesn't, they got some kid movies here and there, but. I mean, Universal, they're the ones that wanted to, to, to reboot the uh, the monster uh, properties because they're so in need of, of some kind of tentpole right, property. No, I say fuck Universal. Right, but what I'm saying... What I'm saying is the Universal is showing that like, oh, there's other revenue streams or other ways to make money on selling these movies. Whereas imagining your AMC and, uh, you know, Universal, right. I, I think that Fast and Furious is one of the franchise. Imagine, you know, you, the, the Pacific Theater is down the street gets the Fast and the Furious yeah. and you don't. That's that, that, that ruins I mean, I, I know that Universal's probably realized that for quite some time, especially with their library. Uh, however, movies that need the, the, the big... St- theater release i think are still going to we'll get more into this maybe next week uh when we do the bonus episode for patreon which will be updating top five masks top five movie masks top five masks and movies i was in the market a few days ago and i saw a woman who i i can only assume that underneath the mask was thinking that she was pretty good she i I imagine that she had that that smug smirk on her on her face underneath the mask that was the uh, v for vendetta mask the uh the anonymous mask. The guy Fox And it was uh, chromed, gold chromed, so it was all shiny. And it was just like, really, lady, you got to wear that to buy your carrots? I mean, do we, do we all have to look she at that? She wore the whole the over Yeah, whole and face? I don't think it even actually does anything as far as... Like, I, I didn't have any mask uh, when we first started uh, going, when this all started five weeks ago. So I remember in kind of in a hurry, I put Atticus in a little Stormtrooper mask, like a, like a Halloween mask. And it was cute. But, you know, he's three years old and he's in the cart facing me. Uh, he's not an adult woman uh, wandering the aisles, buying soup. All right. All right. Uh, hey, it's almost 20 minutes in. Should we talk about some it. movies? Fan flictions. Fan flictions. This is the part of the program where uh, Mitch has compiled uh, some of the m- more uh, regular tweets and Facebook posts that came from the, you, the listener, uh, as, as it rega- in regards to what you uh, watched most recently uh, since we talked last. Uh, D Wolfpack 007 on Twitter. D Wolfpack 007 at D Wolfpack 007 on Twitter. I'll see you on Saturday night, Wolfpack. Buffalo 66, he watched, uh, expiring on Hulu soon. Oh, no. Another favorite of Anderson's. I hadn't gotten to it. I liked it, but I don't think it's aged well. Hey, hey, at D Wolfpack 007 on Twitter. Uh, fuck yourself. It's aged beautifully, and it's a, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's not. Masterpiece. 
not a nice way. It really is not, but I mean, it's just reactionary. Reactionary. At Burrito Killer 77, he kills burritos, or she, uh, decided (laughs) to watch Blazing Saddles with my 10-year-old son. Now he can't stop singing Some Get a Kick from Cocaine. Some Get a Kick from Cocaine song. Should have seen that coming. (laughs) That is. There are other things in that movie that would be worse to uh, quote, I imagine. I was going to say, there's, yeah, there's certainly things that you wouldn't want him saying other than that. Thank God he picked up on some other Jamal ones. Dumaka, Dumaka on Facebook. It's one of those, I, I would imagine. Jamal Dumaka on Facebook, Dumaka. Uh, he watched Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, there's a great... I've had a lot of people tell me about A great tracking shot that is worth watching the movie for. Dare I say it's better than season one, True Detective? No effing way. I just, I can't. Now I have to watch this extraction, but I just can't imagine that it's better than that because that was so good it made me physically ill, which was a weird reaction to have to something that I was so impressed by, but I really did feel nauseous after watching that episode four, season one, True Detective tracking shot, or one as we like to call them. All right. All right. All right, let's talk about movies that we've seen in a segment called Flick Fessions. We'll confess the flicks we've seen in the past week. Anderson, let's talk about the movie. I saw two films, both 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's start off with uh, the one I signed us, The Scheme. The Scheme, the scheme uh, was uh, brought to us by a listener, right, in, fl- in uh, fl- Fan Fashions or Flick Fan Fashions. Fan Fictions. Fan Flexions. It was brought to us, I believe, by a listener there. I should have written it down, but I'm not good at this, so let's just power ahead. The Scheme is a documentary, a 2020 documentary directed by Pat Condolis, and it is uh, centered around a young man named Christian Dawkins. And Christian is, uh, Christian, um, you would describe in uh, positive terms uh, as a hustler. Like, he hustles, and he, he is notable because he he's like he's like a he's like a business savant right like this dude like started a like a basketball college scouting service when he was like a teenager and i don't mean like 18 i 12. mean like 15 he was like, like 12 or 13 was he 12 insane like that yeah oh no shit oh I was, it was even more insane than that. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, it's 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's streaming the unusual um, trifecta of HBO, Hulu, and Prime. You can see the scheme on all of those. Uh, and yeah, Christian is a uh, very uh, engaging very young engaging. man. He, um, he is telling the story in retrospect, uh, first person almost, uh, of how he was caught up in a scheme, no pun intended, uh, of how he was, uh, so the scheme was, was, he was, I don't want to give too much, I don't want to give too much away, Anderson, like, like the stuff that he ended up being, um, it starts off, I think in the opening uh, dialogue, he, you know, he, he says he's a convicted felon, so you know where this is going. Yeah, and then the next, Uh, the follow-up question that the interviewer asks uh, is, did you do anything wrong? And then he gives one of those really long pregnant pauses, and then that's the end of the cold open, and it goes to the, uh, the opening title. So it's, it's like, we realize we're going to hear his story, how it went down, what, what he saw, what he feels he was guilty about, and it's all about the, uh, in this case, college basketball, uh, pay to play, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, 
scheme, I guess. No well, pun it's, intended. It's how the, how you it's say how the, F, how say you? the F, well, the college, so college basketball has been, I, all I college, college basketball has been a very, a very, uh, dirty enterprise, the recruiting, the paying players, the blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's, it's been time immemorial. Uh, but, uh, this is how the FBI got involved in a sting operation, uh, with Christian Dawkins as their, uh, as their number one Patsy. And you, 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 I came away from it thinking like, yeah, he did some, he did, he did some illegal things, but I also got the sense that like, yeah, he, these are things he probably wouldn't have done, at least not in this way, had the, you know, these, uh, FBI agents who turns out were undercover, um, were pushing him very hard to do. Right. This is, uh, you're definitely on his side throughout. And I was angered throughout the movie, especially by the end of the movie, uh, at the fact, and they talk about it a little bit, but I watched it with the wife, and I'm I'm yelling throughout the movie, going, "Is this really what our tax money is going towards? Is is the FBI trying to make a big splash with a big like a uh, sexy uh, bust? Because I mean, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any of that. There's such such bigger things that I imagine the FBI could be putting their their energy into, and and our tax paying money into. Uh, what ultimately they're going after were some big name uh, basketball uh, college basketball coaches trying to take them down for doing. Uh, uh, illegal activity and it all has to do with uh paying players to come and play at your school because it is a multi-billion dollar industry which uh none of the athletes actually get paid for so there's obviously a lot of room for um enticement and encouraging uh players to play at certain schools and it's it's very eye-opening and right. revealing the best part about the entire movie by far and away is christian dawkins who was at the center of this entire uh deal and he is the the main talking head that you get and his honesty is actually startling he's just so upfront and honest about how everything went down and uh, if he's guilty of anything I think it's so without getting into too much detail he uh, at one point you know he all he wants is his own business he wa essentially wants to be a big time agent and he's earned it because he's a savant like Brian said and he also right. just puts his eye on a prize and just doesn't he's he's obsessive and passionate and he loves he's, he's loves relentless. basketball and from the time that he was very young he not only played it but scouted like his peers essentially there's a funny little bit about how you know he was selling uh, scouting reports and he was anonymous no one even knew who was doing these reports and it was him I think he was as young as like 12 maybe 13 years old and he knew all the basketball players in his region in Michigan and he was selling these uh, scouting reports online to coaches like university like college coaches for 600 bucks yeah you have a, a, a subscription yeah. Yeah. and uh, I get it because you know I'm, I'm a hockey nerd and I watch a lot of I, I, I go to prospects uh, online, future prospects. And I'm always reading about, you know, up, up and coming players. And I, I get it. And especially if you're making your living doing that as a coach, like you need like the inside scoop. Yeah. So, and it was funny when he was saying that he would rank himself a few times. That was his first little like ad admission to doing something wrong, but uh, very, very good documentary. I don't think we should say a whole lot more. Uh, if, uh, what, what I was going to say is if he's guilty of anything, maybe it's like he got this financier along the way who was kind of just gave him an open checkbook to, to do whatever he wanted uh, as, as long as he did it a certain way. But then the rest of the money, he was pretty much just like open checkbook, right? And I didn't really love the way that he just kind of was willing to take advantage of that guy because he thought that he was out of his element. Like Christian was kind of just like, as soon as he would get off the phone with him, he'd call his his cronies and be like, let's take advantage of this guy and try and take it for all he's worth, essentially. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But other than that, I think that uh, he got railroaded and I think, uh, that's pretty evident uh, once you see this thing. But mainly my takeaway is what in the fuck are we allowing the FBI to to spend this kind of money uh, on 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 this kind of absurdity for? I mean, 
right? They were trying to make a name for themselves. They couldn't wait to get in front of the cameras and make, you know, be on ESPN. It's like, fuck you. I, I don't want you to deal, you know, working on that. There's so many other things that are more present. Right. Yeah, I, you and I had a lot of similar thoughts on this movie. First of all, I thought it was really good. Secondly, um, yeah, we the FBI, the insane waste of resources. Um, uh, I, I got the impression, one thing I really liked about the movie, one little thing I liked about the movie, did you enjoy when, whenever they introduce a new character, they would, they would, Put the verbatim yeah. description of how I actually wrote that down. That's on one the of the because uh, we've seen the Talking Head documentary how many times, right? We've all seen it, so it's always fun when they put a new little flavor right. in there. And that was uh, I had very few notes. I had notes on on how good Krishna was and uh, disarmingly uh, honest he was, as well as the uh, how <laughs> they would put up a picture of the guy that he was talking about, right? A, a coach at so and so, and then he would kind of be doing what I'm doing right now, trying to think of like how to describe him, of like what his role was or what he did. And then it would type out next to him as, as though like that was the official word of what this character is because Christian yeah, said like, so. Are we explaining it properly? Right. Like if, 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 if Anderson was being introduced in a documentary, it would say like director of groupers. But if I was like extemporaneously describing yeah. Anderson, I'd be like, yeah, he's the, he loves film and uh, he's really into movies. He got a snake tattoo. Like it would say that. Instead. It was good. It was, it was well done. I, I, I appreciate it. It was, it was comedic was, every was time funny. and it happened numerous times and it was funny every time. Uh, Andrew Joyce is the uh, listener who fan flicked this last week or Aha. And so thank you, Andrew Joyce, for bringing it to the program. Uh, moving on. Christian struck me as the kind of guy who's going to be successful at whatever he puts well, his mind to. Like, remember at one point they're like, he, he was signing a deal to be like a record producer. Like, right, let, let it go. We, we've said all we like, can say about this without, you know, completely. Right. It's a good movie. I watched it with the wife. She has no interest in, in college basketball at all. And it goes down smooth. It's a, it's a well put together documentary. To say the least, uh, the only thing that is the right. the main its biggest issue with me that my biggest issue with it it is is that uh, and it's, it has nothing to, it's not its fault but it is by far and away my second favorite documentary I saw this week because I saw maybe the most fun documentary I've ever watched ever. Which is? <laughs> I like that pause. That pause was intentional, guys. There's nothing to do about that, uh, technically. Actually, I, I could cut that out, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's a movie that I'm not going to flick fast because uh, we're already 30 minutes in and we've only done one movie. And I, I kind of was on the fence. I was going to maybe do it, but I really, really want you to watch this as well. So I want to talk about it in tandem with you next week. I think I won gambling this week. I want everyone to watch this movie. It's a fucking crime that people don't know about Operation Odessa. Operation Odessa... Directed by the guy that made the Seven Five, which was about the corrupt cops in uh, New York. Yeah, New York. Uh, remember the Seven Five? Uh, that was like a really corrupt police yeah. unit or, so, or, or division right. or something. He's also uh, direct. He's directed a movie that's in post production right now called Silk Road with Jimmy Simpson and Paul Walter Hauser, which should come out later this year. Which is all about the uh, Silk Road there, Brian. But o Operation Odessa, we'll flick fest this next week. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. For those of you who are listening who haven't been sold yet, because I'm just saying you should watch this, uh, but if you have watched Tiger King and you enjoyed the characters, because Tiger, Tiger King is wrought with characters, there are characters all over that uh, Tiger King. This has characters for you. This documentary called Operation Odessa is chock full of characters. My God, I love it. Oh, so much fun. Maybe right. the most fun I've had watching the documentary, at least in recent, recent memory. 
Oh, so good. Well, tell you what, whether or not whether, whether or not you won the, the gambling or not, I will see Operation Operation Odessa. Fantastic. That. Yes. I I only have one other film to flick fast, but if if you if you do too, I um, it's up to you. I I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I saw a movie and remember I was watching talking Kino Lorber uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's that uh, yeah. Well, it's a website that? where you can go and you can watch a movie. They got virtual theaters, so let's say you got a little art house down the street that you normally would be going to see oh, movies. Oh yeah, at. and you can select your local. So I watched yeah. another one it, it, uh, through Kino Lorber, and uh, it's a twelve dollar ticket price, and I think you have access for five days, maybe two, two or five, two to five days, and you pick which movie theater you would be seeing it at if it's playing, if it would have been playing at that theater. And then the theater gets part of the proceeds as well. So it's 12 bucks, which is the deal compared to the big studios who are trying to sell you trolls for 20 bucks. Uh, and they got smaller independent movies, as you might imagine. So I took another chance and to try to support the local arts, Brian. And I watched one called Extraordinary. Extraordinary. It's actually uh, came out in March, March 6th, but it's still playing. It would still be playing around town at your small art house theaters. This is uh, directed by, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. It's very high on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's in the uh, 90s or so. And it's a... Uh, it's an Irish film uh, shot in Ireland and uh, a lot of Irish actors uh, that I'm not familiar with. I, I was familiar with Will Forte, who plays a, uh, a would-be or a, a falling rock star. Let me give you a little uh, long and short of Extraordinary. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because it, it, it didn't really catch my fancy. But I can imagine that a lot of people who are listening to this would enjoy their Extraordinary because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a romantic comedy slash horror film fantasy uh here's the storyline there's a there's a woman her name is uh rose played by Maeve higgins who i'm not familiar with and she is a delightful character and she and you can tell that she he she eats her feelings uh very very sweet woman but uh she's very sad because she we learned that she had killed her father by a mistake uh he was like a mystic he could like uh talk to ghosts all right he was a medium and she was assisting him yeah. and uh he died tragically we don't find out how until halfway through the movie uh so she no longer does any of that she doesn't talk to ghosts even though she can see them all and she can hear them all she sees dead people but uh she doesn't have any interest in doing that because it went tragically wrong with her when she was young with her father uh meanwhile there is a, a character named christian played by will forte hey two movies with uh, christian in the title I mean, in the uh, characters, hey, Christian hey. Uh, is uh, he was he's an American who lives over in Ireland now, and he used to be a big rock star, but he can't uh, do a, uh, make another hit, so he sells his soul essentially to the devil, or makes a pact with the devil to uh, find a virgin, bring him the virgin, bring the demon the virgin, the virgin will have sex with the uh, the, the virgin, and then he will be able to you know write wicked good songs again and become you know a, cha a, a top ch a chart a, a charter he chart he'll chart again he'll be at the top of the charts that's what i'm trying to say and um it's silly it's i could tell it was probably very funny on the page at times but it just remember that movie grabbers that i like so much uh, a few years ago actually 2012 now yes this is like a lesser version of grabbers for me it's got at the same tone where it's absurdly silly uh there's maybe one of the more inventive sex scenes I've ever seen, but that's coming from somebody who hates sex scenes. Oh. But uh, there is a fairly inventive sex scene towards the end, uh, which is fun. Uh, but people are liking this movie. Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood when I watched it, but uh, I didn't dislike it. It's just I never found myself laughing. But you know those mo movies where you're sitting there going, that was supposed to be funny. Oh, I could see people laughing at that. It just wasn't really hitting, hitting no. my funny bone. 
If there were more people around me, there'd be laughing. Right, exactly. And then maybe I would even be more upset. I don't know. Will Forte is good, but he's kind of a one-trick pony. He plays the same role. All, all, I love Will Forte, and I love that trick that he does. But it's it's always you know him doing like an elevated SNL character, essentially. But Extraordinary. Uh, got some good effects in it, considering it's so goofy and silly. And uh, if you want to if you wanna, uh, support your local uh, art house theater, if you can, Kino Lorber, there's not a whole lot playing there right now. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough times. Tough times. So that's extraordinary. Ex- extra, extraordinary. Extraordinary. I undersold it. Well, I saw a much better... F- I saw a much better film, Anderson, which I can recommend to people. Uh, and the good news is you can stream that right now on Netflix. Uh, it's sitting there at 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. I saw a documentary called Circus of Books. Have you seen Circus of Books? No. Hey, you remember this? Have you heard? Have this, has this popped up on your queue? No, no, it is not. Okay, because Netflix uh, started pushing this at me, and I, I didn't have much interest. I think someone maybe either alerted it to, uh, alerted me mm-hmm. to it, or I, I did some research. And uh, Circus of Books uh, was the name of a very famous bookstore here in West Hollywood. Anderson, I'm sure you visited there mm-hmm. many times. It was a uh, all kidding uh, aside, a gay erotica. All bookstore. kidding aside, I have walked by, I have walked by Circus of Books probably a thousand times, maybe. Yeah, it's a very famous. I used to I used to LA. work like a few blocks from it, and I would go to lunch past it all the time. So pretty much every day for a couple of years, I would walk to and from past Circus of Books. Never once went in. No, I did not. I don't like books. Do, do, do why do you hate why do you hate gays? I just don't like books, Brian. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Uh, this uh, Circus of Books documentary is directed by Rachel Mason. Rachel is the daughter of the owners of Circus of Books, uh, Karen and Barry Mason. And I will not ever soon forget Karen and Barry Mason because they are a they are an old, affable, uh, sweet Jewish couple who sort of stumbled into this bookstore world. They bought it off of a distressed... Um, owner uh, way back in the day, 1975 maybe, and uh, owned it for I think 30 years, 30 or 40 years, whatever, they recently closed. Um, and uh, they are two of the more unique characters you'll ever meet in a documentary. Uh, you would not associate them with smut or, or, uh, or pornography or anything gay. Like they're just like, like <laughs> they're sweet old Jews and they own this <laughs> filthy bookstore in Boys Town. And uh, it's just so fun to see them bickering about the details. Like, oh no, it's not, it wasn't like that. You got that detail wrong. And she's henpecking him and he's just smiling the whole time. And it's a, it's a goddamn delight. I love Circus of Books. It sounds uh, great. The, the documentary was... The, the, the content of the movie was above average. It wasn't you know, mind-blowing, but these two, Karen and Perry, are, are fucking delightful. I, I could watch, I could watch a, a series with them. Um, they uh, talk about how they bought the place for the guy who was a cocaine addict who owned it, and he, he needed money, so he sold it to him, and they ran it for, you know, through. There's a lot about the AIDS crisis. There's a lot about... Um, just the changing landscape between the time they bought it and the time they sold, uh, the time they closed it, uh, the, the the FBI gets involved. Oh, speaking of FBI, um, um, uh, resources being completely wasted. There's an FBI sting operation right where at one point, like some customer 
uh, calls from Pennsylvania and it calls California. He's like, Hey, can you send me this movie? And I'm like, sure. And they mail it to him. You know, they charge him 20 bucks or whatever it is. And then the FBI busts him. It was a sting uh, operation for transporting pornography across state lines. Like, really? This is, this, this is the, the, these are the, the, the hardened criminals you're going to, uh, yeah, you know uh, what it is. I think. And I realized that while watching the scheme is, I mean, that's a little bit different with the scheme. Cause like I said, they were trying to make a splash and they're at the top of their game, New York FBI, you know, really, I, I guess a lot's expected, but it's, a lot yeah. of it, it's like any other job. Yeah. They're trying to impress their bosses. And I, I, bl- I hold the bosses, the people at, at the top accountable because they should have them bearing down. I, I can only imagine an FBI agent sitting around going, I gotta get a case. I gotta, I gotta get something. He's kind of like, you know, looking through, gotta yeah, I gotta get a bus. And like, Oh, you know what? I'll have this old Jewish couple send me a porn rag through the mail. Now I'll get, I'll get them good. That'll be, that'll be a wrap, right? It should be a different system. There's some great moments. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's uh, despicable. No, it's just just just. Did you mention that it's the uh, the daughter of the owners who made this? Yeah, yeah, Rachel yeah. Mason. She's the director, and her parents are the owners. Um, there's there's so many great little moments. Like at one point, the the mom, she's fucking sixty eight or 72 or whatever it was somewhere around there. And she goes to a trade show, like a, like a gay erotica trade show to like buy, buy, buy uh, inventory for a store. It's, it's fucking, there's just moments like that. It's the you know, fish out of water kind of stuff. Um, but she's also a good negotiator, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's it, it takes you by surprise in certain respects. I, I recommend circus of books. There's not actually that much, um, I don't think there's any actual nudity in this. There, there's like suggestive, you know, pictures and, and video and stuff, but nothing actually, you know, penetrative. So, uh, Circus of Books, man, check it out. Netflix. I mean, you, you should see this, Anderson. You'll like All this. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, I have a movie and I'm not really going to flick fast at this one either because, uh, Brian being, all right, come being on quarantined or, you know, stay at home order, uh, which we're, we're all still on here through, uh, mid May at least at the very least here in California with a, th- doing that with a three-year-old, I, I think you can, you can feel my pain a little bit. I, I have unlimited patience oh, for yeah. the most part. I, I've learned a lot of patience with various jobs that I've had over the last couple decades that prep me to be in the situation. But I'm noticing this week right. that uh, I guess we're in week six now. It's I'm, I'm starting to get a little thinner with the patients and uh, just answering the same questions over and over again and telling them not to do things over and over again. This is the most challenging week I've had probably. And to pile on top of that, uh, our internet went down uh, for a full day and a half and it's been spotty Ooh. on and off today Ooh. to the point where like I'm calling the company to see what's up and uh, they have a recorded uh, message saying, yes, we know that the uh, internet service is down in your area. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. So that's what happened when I was two thirds of the way through a new Netflix animated movie called the Willoughby's, which I can recommend at least the first hour that I saw. Once again, Will Forte is in the, uh, in the lead. He's a lead character here. He plays the voice of Tim and it is a twisted little movie, uh, co-directed by Chris Pern, Pern and Corey Evans as Chris, Chris Pine? Pierne, Pierne, and uh, Rob, Rob Lodermeyer. Uh, anyways, it's like claymation, and it's a PG movie. The boy was enjoying quite a bit of it, though. Ricky Gervais plays the narrator as a cat. He's a cat narrator. Maya Rudolph is in it as well as Terry Crews, Martin Short, and uh, I'm pretty tough on on kids' movies with like adult humor. Not to say like adult themed humor, but like little like fun jokes in there and uh, darkness in there. Like uh, it's a it's a the, the story is about a very very rich. 
uh, couple who are madly in love, and uh, they come from a lineage of uh, mustachioed people. people of wealth and they live in New York or a city not unlike New York where it's they're surrounded by skyscrapers but their mansion is just engulfed enveloped with uh, skyscrapers and they're the last little like hold out and they have a mansion and they uh, are in love and they have a kid and it's very upsetting to them that they have a kid because they didn't want the kid and uh, the kid is born and uh, we hear the birth happening behind closed doors and then the father takes the kid out throws him in the uh, hallway and he's still a little bit wet right but this is like cute animation and he says uh sure you are going to stay out here you are now here that and you're being punished for that very rude birth that you just gave your mother right it's one of those things and they're completely hands-off parents they're terrible parents and then they have more kids and then the kids come up with a scheme to get rid of their parents and then a uh a, a babysitter comes in played by Maya Rudolph a nanny comes in I should say and uh it's it's fun. It's, it was a lot of fun. I was very entertained while watching it with the boys. So that's my final flip fashion. I would have done a, a much better job had my internet gone out. So uh, tough times here at the Cowan household. I apologize, but I, I, I didn't want to just not mention uh, the Willoughby's because I do enjoy it. And it was actually brought to my attention by a listener who uh, is a composer, and he worked on this as well as the Tiger King. And uh, it's, a, it's oh. on Netflix right now. It got released a few days ago. So the Willoughby's, if you got kids at home and you have internet connection, um, Brian is is the listener um, is the listener Mark Mothersbaugh of of Devo? No, Brian, he's he's not of Devo. Okay, because he composed the he composed the uh, music for the film. Oh, okay. Well, then he worked for him. He did work for him. There you go. Uh, uh, finally, and before moving, uh, oh boy, before moving on, Crispy Deedees. Crispy listener, Crispy Deedees is the one that brought uh, to my attention uh, Operation Odessa. Holy fuck! I really, I really enjoy. It. I can't wait to talk about Operation Odessa next week with you, Brian. Please, everybody, enjoy that. It's on, it's on Netflix. Oh yes. All right. Um, what are we doing this week? What's the topic? Oh, I don't, I don't think we have one yet. Oh, are we going to do the? Uh, wasn't there a listener today's a, uh, show Patreon? right now? Uh, Brian, no, sorry, the, the show. I'm sorry, it was a bit of a curveball. I I can see that now. My my mistake. Oh. The show that we're doing right. What is this episode? Ah, oh, top five summer preview. Top five most anticipated films. Well, would have been. Oh, the well, summer. I'm not asking you to throw it to break because I have one one last thing to say. Uh, something really bothers me about the summer preview. Uh, and it bothers me every time we do the summer preview every year and it, and it, it just, it, it, it upsets me and I finally took care of it. Kind of. If you recall back in 2008, yeah. when we were first doing, um, the regular summer, I think it might've been our first ever summer preview or maybe second. Anyways, it was way back in 2008 and I had a little movie on my list called fly me to the moon. Do you remember this, Brian? Wasn't an animated film about monkeys, animated film about flies, Brian, it's right there in the title, fly me to the moon. A fly. And it was yeah, about the log line was uh, three flies uh, stow away on the Apollo 11 with Buzz Aldrin, who's actually credited with a part in the movie. And they go to uh, they go to the moon. And it's uh, the, the story is told through their POV. And it was supposed to be this new kind of 3D. This is how long ago it was. I, I was like pumped about it because I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be this new kind of 3D. And it's going to like <laughs> blow our minds and be like good 3D. You know, this is well before Avatar and all that. I don't want to. Sp- and uh I don't, want, I don't want to spoil anything, but do you know what the Rotten Tomato score is on this? I would imagine it's exceptionally low. Uh, 19%. I watched this thing because it's streaming somewhere. I can't even remember, and that's not important. Uh, I put this on uh, for the boy, and then he lost interest quickly, and he was doing something else in the same room. I was continuing to work in the room. Neither one of us were watching it. 
intently, but I got enough to know that it's just one of those kid movies where they just fucking mailed it in and it was really bad. But I finally took care of that little piece of business that I've been sweeping under the rug every single year. And it's finally off my, off my to-do list. I know just how, you know what, when like they have flies, but they're like, let's, let's cue them up and make them look like human and let's have them do like human like things. It was just the, the characters were just super annoying and one was like a fat fly that was lazy kid. And then the other one was like a brainiac kid. I can't remember who the third one was. I, I get mad. I get mad, Brian. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I did write, I'm looking back on some old uh, summer preview list. It's pretty rare that I don't see a movie that was on the list. Although it does happen. Like uh, I had Uncle Drew on my uh, 2018 list. I remember, oh yeah, Pixels 2015. That's not, that's not a good one. That's not a good pick. Yeah, so some of these, I don't think, I know I did, did I never saw the Neon Demon. Yeah. Not good. It's pretty rare though. It's pretty rare. All right, buddy. So thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Uh, I, it, it, no service to anybody. I can't imagine anyone like coming across to uh, fly me to the moon and be like, should I or shouldn't I? But uh, if that were to happen, that was self-serving just for my, for my sake. Because uh, I, I, I've I've seen probably ninety eight percent of all the movies that are on my top five most anticipated, whether it be summer or winter. I, I I make a point of seeing them, except for that fly me. Yeah, you had to get it. I understand. You had, you had to check it off the the, the, the uh, to do list. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we will discuss the films we are or were most looking forward to this summer. Anderson. Yes. I didn't realize as a non-pool owner, but maybe you did as a pool owner, how expensive pool pumps can be. Uh, I guess there's probably cheap versions out there, but uh, someone clicked through and got a Pentair IntelliFlow pool pump, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a pricey item. It was the most pricey item of the week, actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I rent, Brian, so I don't have to pay for such things yet. I was about to, that was my next question was, do you buy your own pool pumps or is this something that is uh, provided to you? Other things purchased (laughs) on the Amazon click through banner this week include, hey, thanks you guys, by the way, for uh, clicking through. We appreciate that. Uh, When you're sitting at home and doing your online shopping, people got things such as someone got a Flash Forge. 3D Printer Creator Pro. You can buy 3D printers on Amazon. Of course you can. You buy everything on Amazon. And I have to assume it was the same person got a Sunlu PLA Plus 3D Printer Filament uh, for said 3D printer. They got, they got things, things that they want to print. They, they got something in mind. Yeah. You could probably get like car parts or God knows what you need or whatever you need. It's supposed to be the future. I remember like 10 years ago that a big big special on 60 Minutes about how it's going to be the future and we're going to be like printing like replacement ears and organs and I I guess we're not there yet. I like to print a new co-host sometimes. Even even, uh, how dare you? Even short of like actual like biological things like ears and organs like you know our kids are going to look at us 50 years from now like you used to like send away or go to a store to get like a part for your desk or for your car or for your whatever like yeah that's how we had to do it and like no they're just gonna print it uh gift cards gift cards gift cards three two hundred dollar visa gift cards uh ten five hundred dollar amazon gift cards a hundred twenty dollar netflix gift card and someone got four hundred dollar amazon e-gift cards that says we appreciate you oh how nice uh, PlayStation 4 Pro, one terabyte console was purchased. Apple AirPods Pro, Netgear Nighthawk cable modem, 
Master Cook three burner propane gas grill. Fezibo, Fezibo, Fezibo. Stand up desk converter was picked up, as well as a, oh boy, Cockritz, Coke, Cockritz, indoor outdoor area rug. I'm just reading, buddy. Three, e.g., refreshing hand sanitizer gel uh, packs were purchased. Got to get the hand sanitizer. Acer widescreen monitor, all clad D3 12 inch fry pan with lid. I think it's what we have. It's a very good pan. 12, Amazon Basic. Oh, no, 12. Two, Amazon Basics bar stools with wheels were, were purchased, as well as a Northern Brewer Home Brewer starting set, desktop plexiglass sneeze guard. Uh, wheel hub and bearing assembly for a Buick, Cadillac, Chevy, or GM. Pile professional amplifier and Bluetooth receiver. Cuisinart oval casserole dish. Yescom smart LED light kit. And three pure 20% industrial strength natural vinegars. Dude, crushed it. Robot. Well done. Not bad. Not bad. You're, you're deaf to it, too. I love it. Here are the movies that were clicked through since the last time I talked at you. Somebody got boogie nights. Somebody rented clicked through and got falling down oh hell to the yes hell to the yes what is this what is this thunderbirds our go was clicked through us i I thank you logan for uh still being uh, a supporter of the program wherever you are clicking through i know it's nice to see logan giving back after all these uncut gems was clicked through smart move there smart move sudden fear was clicked through as well as bad boys for life and somebody got grouper somebody clicked through and got that movie got roopers Groupers, which uh, while we're talking about it here, uh, you know, every every week uh, I put the uh, the easy links to how you can support it by just giving it a rating on IMDb and or uh, Amazon, as well as uh, Rotten Tomatoes is now there. The listener uh, ability to give uh, Rotten Tomatoes score, audience score is finally there. It wasn't working for the first three months of its existence, but uh, if you look down the show notes right there, you just click right there, boom, and it'll take you right to it and it helps out the movie a whole lot. So thanks for Forgetting it, clicking through, and uh, rating it would also help immensely. So thank you so much for that. I'm back to the program. Welcome back. Time to count down our most anticipated films of the summer, or would have been. Uh... Let's just start now, Anderson. What do you have? At uh, how, how many? How many do you have? How many? How many? I got how many five. Got? Count them five, Ooh. and uh, I guess I could, there's one that's a cheat. So we'll. I, I can start first, if you like. Uh, please. All right, yeah. number five. Oh, because my my number one, I feel very strongly. Oh, about. okay. Uh, I did something too. I was I was good at say uh, top five most anticipated summer movies that aren't Tenet. Because it's that kind of summer. Top five movies that are not called Tenet, uh, because it was kind of a layup there for me, anyways. I'm interested to see what your number one is. But then I realized, like, you know, if I look uh, at, at past lists like I do sometimes and I go through my notes, I'd be like, why wasn't I excited about Tenet in 2020? That's weird. Maybe, maybe uh, COVID had me so uh, distracted that I didn't even realize Tenet was coming. I don't want that. To, I don't want future Anderson to be confused. You see what I'm saying? So I'm staying honest. I got gotcha. you. Number five for me. This was originally supposed to come out March 8th. Uh, this is the only one that's not a true summer movie. Uh, it became a summer movie because of the current circumstances. And that is The Quiet Place Part 2. I am excited about The Quiet Place Part 2. I would have already seen it. I imagine we would have already flick-fested it back in March, and we probably would have done a spoiler discussion. We might still we might have some kind of running joke about that movie. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, alternate universe. Who knows? But The Quiet Place has oh, been moved yeah. to September 4th. 
and it is now officially a summer movie. In my eyes, it's always been a summer movie. It's a type of movie that I seek out in, in summertime, you know, horror sci-fi. This is, again, uh, directed by John Krasinski, and it is starring, once again, his wife, Emily Blunt, and Killian Murphy is uh, now um, taking the, the, the male lead in this one. And, uh, I mean, we've all seen the trailer. I think there's not a whole lot to add about A Quieter Place is what I would like to call it. Quieter Place. But uh, and then the last one would be the quietest place. I, I but I'm not in charge of these things. Yeah. I'm not in charge, so we're gonna go with part two instead. I miss that. The, they're gonna they're, that, they're gonna do a prequel called a loud place. The loudest place, yeah. And it's just uh, a kid holding a uh, uh, holding uh, holding a space shuttle over his head. I love that scene. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Great, great. Scene. It's a great movie. Is uh, even though it had some glaring uh, issues, it was one of those movies that was really good when it was good. And I'm talking about the first one, and uh, had some some kind of like amateurish moments in it that we laugh about, but I imagine that, uh, it's going to be, uh, a, a better, I, I, I would imagine this one's going to be better than the first one. I hope high hopes. So that's my number five. Really? Yeah. I hope you're right. I, I have a hard time imagining that, but I hope well, you're I mean, right. I think that from what I understand, Krasinski had an idea of where this was going to go and where he wanted to take it. And, you know, I'm sure that he learned as a director, and he's not going to be in this one, so he's going to be able to focus more. That's that's what I'm going off of. And I love and I yeah. love Killian Murphy. Indeed. All right. Number five for me, my riskiest pick, Anderson. My riskiest pick, and that uh, this could uh, this could be the movie that I don't see. Uh, I will certainly see all the rest of these. Uh, I can't imagine a world in which I don't. But uh, in fact, this was one that was bumped from the summer slate into December. These still count, right? Ones that were originally supposed to be in the summer yeah, slate. Yeah, I mean, wh- however, I didn't do that. All of mine actually come out sometime in the summer. But uh, I do have a list where they have been. They were originally summer movies and they got pushed. So yeah, as long as we can cover a lot of ground, I'm happy. I, cause I, don't, it, it, I know a lot. Here's, here it gives you an idea of what the... The audiences, uh, not just our audience, but movie audiences are thinking out there. Our listeners, um, for the compiled listener list that we do every every week, every Monday uh, on Facebook and Twitter, I post what the topic's going to be, and I ask the listeners to submit their um, movie that uh, is, you know, whatever their most is and whatever topic we're doing. This week was your most anticipated summer movie. Usually we get upwards of like 150, 200 responses. We got 25 responses this week. So I think a lot of people are just oh, very wow. confused about the summer. They have no idea what's coming out. So I like to think that we're not going to, we're, we're going to, you know, kind of shed some light on, on what is coming out, what's scheduled to come out as we record this mm. at least, what was supposed to come out. All that fascinates me. And it actually took a whole lot more research than I thought it would and more research than it has in, in past years because it's not straightforward. That's and true. And I had to double check. Yeah, that's very true. I had to do true. a lot of double checking and uh, making sure that uh, I was I had the appropriate information. And this might all change, you know, as soon as next week. But as of right now, as we record this, these are accurate dates. So go ahead. Fair enough. So my number five film was originally scheduled for 4th of July weekend. July 3rd release pushed back to December 11th, which you have to imagine is counter-programming for Free Guy. Did Free Guy come up in your research? Yeah, and I immediately went away in my research. I mean, it was an easy it was an no, easy pass. Oh, Free Now Free Free Guy. First of all, Free Guy is a great trailer. It's it's an, and a great concept. It's uh Ryan Reynolds, uh best actor on the planet. Uh he is uh he's a he's a guy named Guy and he exists in this uh bizarre reality where he's in a video game, 
but he doesn't know it because he's one of the just ordinary, he works at a bank and his life is the bank is held up every day in like a Grand Theft Auto style uh, holdup. And he's just one of the guys, uh, nameless, faceless guys in the game. And then one day he becomes a part of the game and blah, 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 takes on a whole thing. Um, Great concept, risky pick. I get it. This could be Pixels. Uh, this could be the movie that I do not see because it's so bad. But it looks fun. It looks smart. And it looks kind of irreverent. Uh, Sean Levy, the director, did I ever make you watch Real Steel? Yes, not too long ago. What a great, no, what a great no, movie. No, that's that absolutely was. Real Steel. Sean Levy, director, comes on to direct this free guy. Uh, no longer a summer movie, sadly. Originally 4th of July, but like I said, now releasing December 11th. You know, the fact that they're going to release this on 4th of July makes me think that it's, it might be uh, better than I'm thinking it is right now. Or at least bigger. Because yeah. uh, I, I, I still, it's probably not fair to him, but I, I still associate Ryan uh, with you. Which, you know, it's not his fault. And uh, should make you doubly, doubly no. joyful and doubly he is, grateful. He is like the life. music doc of actors. Oh, so he's mm -hmm. awesome. And uh, he's got two movies coming. He's doing the the, the bodyguards, whatever. He's he's got two summer movies coming out. I saw him twice uh, pop up. He, I think there's a sequel to a bodyguard movie that I actively avoided. Yeah, uh, the hitman's bodyguard, the hitman's wife's yeah, bodyguard, or something. Can't can't wait to not see that. Um, this also feels a little bit like uh, Last Action Hero, no? Um, yeah, I guess it's got a little bit of Wreck-It Ralph, uh, you know, the, the video game character who wanders into other video games or becomes self-aware, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down for the concept. I got no mm -hmm. problem with this. Number four for me. Number four for me is an animated Disney film, Brian. Oh, that's right. It's called The One and Only Ivan. Disney animated movie based on a book by a woman named Catherine Applegate. She, uh, she's made one other book, children's book, I guess, but apparently this one's pretty good. The one and only Ivan is about a, uh, a gorilla who lives in a zoo, and uh, he, he has no, oh. no memory. Not a zoo. I guess it's like a mall, some kind of mall captivity, and uh, he has no recollection of like his past. Like, he doesn't really remember. He has no idea where he comes from. He doesn't really know much about apes or, or, or his lineage or anything, and then a, a baby... Uh, elephant comes on the scene and uh, kind of gives them an idea of uh, how wrong his actual current situation is. And uh, yeah, apparently uh, he takes it into his own hands to free himself and this baby elephant. It sounds sweet. It's, uh, it's Disney animation. Uh, and it is voiced by some heavy, heavy hitters. Uh, let, me, let me go over some of them for you here. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Helen Mirren, Dana, Dana DeVito, Brian Cranston, and Sam Rockwell, and the titular character of Ivan. He plays the ape. Gotta love that Sam Rockwell. And uh, this is a screenplay written by Mike White. Mike White, of course, from Chuck and Buck and uh, Survivor fame. Gotta love that Mike White. Yeah. The one and only Ivan. This uh, comes out on August 21st, I should say. Did I say The Quiet Place comes Ooh. out uh, September 4th? Quiet Place 2? You did. Uh, the, you the one did. and only Ivan, August 21st. It is not a Pixar movie, but it is a Disney animated film, one that I have high hopes for. All right. And, uh, you know, I, for those of you who might have a short memory or maybe you haven't been listening long enough, I don't have this on my list because I'm a soft parent and I'm, like, looking for kids' movies. This is a movie that would have been on my list 10 years ago. I always 
have liked the animated movies. I have always loved the uh, the Pixar movies, and I take a flyer on on animated Disney movies quite often. So, Soul would have been on my list had it st- kept its original date, but Soul has been moved to uh, a later date, which we will we will. That's the next Pixar movie. We'll discuss that later in the program. We'll cover that. All right. Yep. Number two for me, Andrew. Number four, I have Brian. To imagine Let me stop you there. Number four for me, my second film, number four for me, uh, also uh, comes out August 21st. I have to imagine it's higher on your list, so if you want to table this table this for later, Bill and Ted Face the Music, number four for me, uh, August 21st. This is, of course, the long-awaited sequel to uh, the Bill and Ted uh, the trilogy, the third in the trilogy. Anderson, should we save this for later, or do you want to talk about this? Sure, now? it's on your list, and we'll talk more about it later. All right. Uh, I was I was pleased and somewhat surprised. Maybe I'm just kind of out of it. I don't really keep up on like upcoming movies all that much. But directed by not Alex Winter. I was ex- I was assuming for some reason Alex Winter would yeah. Be I was the I was because he's kind of an accomplished I'm with director. You. When this, when I first saw that this was uh, actually being shot, and I'm like, oh, I hope Alex isn't directing it yet. I kind of hope he is because I like his style, but I I don't really like it when people direct themselves because I think it does take away from one or the other or both in some cases, but I was pleased to see who was directing it. So we'll leave it at that. I guess. Dean Pariseau, uh, then not a household name, but the director of the fantastic galaxy quest, which was a movie that nailed a very tricky tone. And I'm hoping that he, uh, gets the same here with Bill and Ted face the music, uh, long awaited sequels. Anderson have a bit of a spotty history, uh, for every, you know, fury road, you can get a blues brothers, 2000 or a, a clerks Two. Um, hoping for the best here. Good news. William Sadler returns as the grim reaper. Uh, Bri Bri. Yeah. You just said everything there is to say about this movie other than it's the original writing team from the first two. And, uh, I guess I would still, I won't talk much about it when I get to my, uh, my number two, which is Bill and Ted face the music. Say, uh, Bill and Ted, the, uh, the, the, the original one. I liked it. I was Luke. Lukewarm became a huge fan with the second one. The second one really, really tickled my fans, Brian. Tickled my fancy. Love that Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Originally titled Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Loved it. Loved it. You know what I did not love? Did not get a chance to see. What's that? Was the uh, Universal Live show of Bill and Ted's, whatever it was. And I uh, remember, if you recall, uh, towards the beginning of the Woke Wars, which had been going on for a number of years now, the Woke Wars, I call them, the Woke Wars, uh, and probably rightfully so, it was uh, deemed inappropriate. It was, it was, I guess, laden with uh, homophobia, and uh, the people spoke, and it got pulled from the, uh, the, the Universal lot. Did you know yeah. that? A little dark history. No, I don't, think I, I don't think I did know that. I don't think it's come up on this show. Bill and Ted. Hey, so is this a universal property? I guess it is. I guess we will not be seeing this at an AMC theater. <laughs> or will we? They might buckle by then. Yeah, I, it's so childish. I can't believe that it's such a big move and they're they're doing such a knee-jerk, like, just open letter to the media commentary about it. It's like something I would do as a filmmaker at my level. All right, all right really? You're not going to? Okay, then I'm not. Anyone who's listening, I can't believe AMC is, it, I, it's bizarre that it went down like that, isn't it? Feels, it feels very juvenile. It, it really does. All right, singing, swimming, swimming along. Number three. Number three for number you, Number two yeah. for me. This is a movie that I, uh, I know could be awful. Chances are it won't be, though, because a man named David Lowry directed it. David Lowry, Brian. Oh. He made a movie called Pete's Dragon. 
th- this is not Pete's this Dragon? This is not Pete's Dragon because that already came out, Brian. It'd be weird to have Pete's Dragon on my list. It'd be, it came out like in March. No, sometimes. Four or five years ago. What about the uh, what about the the funny games guy who did both uh, both? Well, films? funny games. The original was uh, an Austrian film spoken in German with German actors. They were Austrian actors. It's a very good we, point. we made it with Michael it's Pitt for point. the American the American uh, audience. Uh, no, this is called the Green Knight. It is a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain. And the Green Knight, Gawain, Gawain. I don't. I'm not real. Uh, forgive me, Brian, and uh, everyone listening. I'm. I'm not real up to date. Up. Up to speed with my uh, medieval tales. That's not really my. Uh, my forte. Uh, you never stop with the medieval tales. <laughs> In fact, I get really sleepy when I see most medieval things. I'm just like, ugh. With the with the fancy crowns and the fancy duds and like they're wandering around, mm-hmm. yeah, I get really bored. That in the Victorian age just kind of put me to sleep. Everyone's very everyone's very dirty. However, uh, this is starring Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, uh, amongst amongst others, and it looks fantastic. There is a creature in it, and uh, it is cor- uh, of course is directed by uh, David Lowry, who also wrote it. He is a true artist. He not only made Pete's Dragon, he also made uh, a movie, <clears throat> Brian, uh, forgive me, uh, called The Old Man and the Gun. He also made Ain't, Ain't Them right. Body Saints, if you, were, if you remember that. Ain't Them Body Saints. Do you, do you remember Ain't Them Bodies? I remember. I, I, I'm familiar with the movie. I don't think I ever and, saw it. And uh, he made a little movie called a ghost story, which uh, w- was life changing for me. Life changing. This man, I've this heard man this. can swing from one to the next. He can make effective movies in multiple genres. I am giving him a number three spot on my most anticipated summer movies. As a result, I cannot wait to see his medieval tale. Uh, looking at it, it it kind of kind of feels a little like Pan's Labyrinth. Perhaps a little similar in tone, a little similar. The trailer, the trailer looks, the trailer looks intriguing. It's definitely got Game of Thrones vibe to it. Uh, I I encourage everyone to check out the trailer. It doesn't give too much away. It's an artsy trailer that kind of gives you an an idea of the vibe. Uh, I have no idea if it's accurate or not, but uh, very excited about uh, Peter Pan. Uh, not Peter Pan, the, the the Green Knight. Peter Pan is what he's uh, in pre-production on right now, which I'm not excited about because I'm tired of Peter Pan. That is quite a. This is I assume is a live action Peter Pan that or, or CGI or something. You know what I mean? Some update of the animation. Yeah. It's. It, it, I don't yeah. think it's animation. It looks like it's uh, live live action. Number three for me, Peter Pan. That's uh, not not been shot a single frame of yet so that's a weird one <laughs> it was originally scheduled for uh fourth of july weekend but it was pushed it was going to be had to have three Brian, they didn't shoot any of it yet so that's uh, not possible anything's possible buddy all right number three for me we're going to not spend too much time on this because i have to imagine it's higher on your list you might be surprised to find out that it's only number three on mine but uh, of course any christopher nolan movie is going to be an event so tenet july 17th still still holding tight with that july 17th release date they are uh, <laughs> banking on people going back to theaters uh i have it at number three it is my third most anticipated film of the summer uh, like I said, written directed by Christopher Nolan, starring John David Washington of Black Klansman. Uh, this would normally be higher, but uh, Anderson, maybe you will touch on this in a little bit. But uh, you you have uh, via some some people 
people you know have uh, reported back some uh, disquieting reports yeah, I got, from the. Uh, from I got the uh, I got some some intel, some contacts, if you will, Bri Bri, without sounding gross, because I, I really don't like the. Uh, yeah, I'm rubbing elbows and I'm talking with people in Hollywood, but you know, every now and again, I'll go by Panavision and to do some kibitzing, some some visiting with some of the uh, the, the the crew guys, uh, camera guys. And uh, I hear stories. I hear things. And we actually talked about it, uh, not at length, but I think we did 10 minutes on one of the Patreon something. I, I didn't want it out there, uh, you know, just for, for, for anyone to come along and, and find our feed. But I was comfortable talking about some of the things that I heard secondhand. Um, well, firsthand, actually. It was firsthand knowledge from I, I was the secondhand source, I guess, in tell, talking to you about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's – it's, we'll talk more about it later. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Here's where we normally take a break, but we're going to steamroll right through because we have no spots this week, uh, which uh, we're okay with. Uh, and uh, can I do a little spot for myself here, Bri Bri? Well, first of all, uh, nope. last week I mentioned nope. that uh, the Film Vault shirts, which are so sweet, the new Film Vault shirts by, uh, it was actually listener art uh, about a year ago, Ludwig von Bacon, our, uh, one of our favorites. Right. He made this fantastic shirt. It was actually over a year ago, uh, and it's uh, it's Clockwork Orange themed. I It's my it's it's i don't want to say my favorite because i don't want to have a favorite because they're all so many of the listener arts have been so great over the years but this is one of my this one is really made for me because it's clockwork orange themed and i just love it and uh i i got i got not only me a shirt brian which came uh, about a week ago but i got you a shirt as well i was hoping to get you your oh. shirts before we do our uh our live check-in this weekend uh on the old zoom but I'll be wearing mine so you can all see it. Uh, we did. I, I went through and I uh, discounted everything just because of uh, what's going on currently. So I, I, we're, we're to the point where we barely even make a profit. Uh, if, you, if you do buy anything, it's through Teespring. But I have links in the show notes every week. And uh, these shirts are not going to be around forever. We're going to change the design and make something new soon. So get them all you can. Uh, and good quality shirts. You have a whole bunch of different uh, array of styles and whatnot. And also, uh, I posted a YouTube video of an activity that I did with my boy um, about a week ago. Uh, it involved shaving my head into the worst haircut I've ever had by far and away. It involved masking tape and clippers and, 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 and scissors. The 90-second video you can see on YouTube, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. I, I saw that. Yes. I, mean, I didn't see the video. I was compelled to click on it, but I saw that you appreciate the video. you, uh, you having the the uh, the option to do so, and then you could have lent yourself to uh, the discussion here, which was yeah, I saw it, and that was uh, an insane thing that you did to your head. It's it's the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life, and it was a picture that was uh, shared with me probably 15 years ago. And ever since I saw that picture, I'm like, I'm going to have that haircut one day. One day I'm going to have that haircut. And let me just say that it incorporates the beard. The haircut incorporates the beard. So you got to have a full oh, head of hair and a beard. So Brian, you're out. But oh, uh, Atticus, uh, my three-year-old, helps me uh, do the haircut, and I made a little 95-second video, and I put it up there on YouTube. It's a, it's a teaser of things to come because Atticus and I are going to be doing uh, more YouTube videos uh, on, on the regular. I got ideas, Brian, oh, and they've all been, they've like all been interrupted because I lost my gimbal. I didn't lose it, but it's at a hotel, which is very far away. And uh, because of what's going on, I'm not allowed to go to the public places that I need to go to to shoot my footage. But uh, Addy and Andy are going to be doing things. We're going to be doing things. 
I like it. Number two. For, is it not me, number two for you? Yeah. Uh, oh, The Green Knight comes out May 29th, I should say. So it comes out uh, later this month because uh, this comes uh, this show comes out May 1st. So moving on to number oh, two, right. it's already been discussed. Ad nauseum. Bill and Ted face the music. August 21st release date. If all goes as planned, and uh, the storyline seems very familiar. It sounds almost identical to the first one, but uh, I'm very excited to see uh, the 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 two fellows back together again. And it's going to be uh, a lot of like uh, the band's going to make it. And I can only imagine that uh, with the original two writers being at the helm and having written it, uh, they're going to pick up where they left off as far as. Hopefully, we'll see how they've evolved as, as writers all these years later. Not only, uh, you know, Alex Winter and and we all know what Keanu's up to and what he looks like and what he's how he's how he's faring. What's what's he what's he been doing? What's he been doing? These he's days? John Wickin. <laughs> John, what if there's a movie called John Wickin yeah. and he just went out to the forest and just, just prayed for animals? <laughs> all right, so that's my number two. Bill and Ted face the music, August twenty first. That was the original date, I believe. Yep. I believe. I believe so. I don't think it's changed. From the director of Galaxy Quest and the original writing team comes Bill and Ted Face Music. Number two for me is a movie that came up briefly, but you did not include it on your list because it's been bumped. Original release date of June 19th, new release date of November 20th. I am very excited and optimistic for Soul. Soul, directed by Pete Docter, it is one of two Pixar releases in the same year, Anderson, which is unusual. unusual. It's only happened twice. Only happened twice before, and the only other times it's happened. I did. I did some research. Did some research. Only other times it's happened, Anderson. One movie has been great, and one has been just okay. In 2015, they uh, released The Good Dinosaur, which was eh, okay, uh, and Inside Out, which was one of my favorite Pixar movies, uh, t- top five easily for me. 2017, it's the, they it's released Cars Inside Three. Out is the music doc of Pixar movies. Oh, stop. So it's fantastic. It's Herman's Num- head. Uh, the release Cars 3. I believe Cars 3 is the lowest rated Pixar movie on uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes there. But they also released Coco, which uh, won the uh, animated best uh, animated hey, feature Brian, at the Oscars. Coco. What? A Coco. A Coco and uh, oh, Up Coco. have both been screened at the uh, Cowan household since I talked to you last for a boy. Oh, and yeah. uh, both were very well received. And I wasn't sure about Up, but Up does the trick. That's very funny you mentioned that because in the last week since we last convened, Tessa has probably watched, uh, asked to watch Up uh, four or five times. She'd love that. I love Up. I love it. Yeah. Strange. I mean, strange that our kids are, uh, are coming online with the same movie at the same time. Onward, or released earlier this year, we both liked. Was a good I liked movie, Onward but a lot. I don't think either one of us, I don't think either one of us would say it's one of Pixar's you know, five or even ten best I'd movies. Say it's, would, yeah, you? I'd say it's a uh, top half. It's it's a better yeah, than average Pixar right movie, which means it's a very very good movie. Right, I'm hoping that Soul is the great one of the two movies this year, and that's. Uh, I got to tell you, the story the hopes. story of Soul doesn't really move me, but neither did the story of Onward or the idea of Onward. So I don't, it, it, you won't know until you actually see it and experience it. But I got to hope. Yeah, I got to hope. But uh, I don't really care about Go jazz ahead. music or music in general, and uh, we'll see. And I'm not a giant Jamie Foxx fan. This could be this could be the uh, this could be the music doc of uh, Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. It is. It probably will be exactly that, and much more, uh, much more accurate oh. in, in 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 calling it that. So excited. Uh-huh. 
No, I like that onward a lot. It kind of hurts me because for whatever reason, and I think I talked about it a little bit here, uh, Atticus is terrified of onward. Like scared shit. Oh, that's right. He won't watch it. Every, every time I try and get him to watch it. Like I, I shame him too, and I probably shouldn't do it, but like, you know, he's got a cousin uh, named Camden who's like a baby. She's like, you know, one and a half. And I'm like, buddy, dude, right. there's nothing scary about onward. Little baby Camden likes it. Like she's watched it a bunch of times, buddy. And you're scared of it? Come on, let's watch. Let's oh, watch yeah. a little on. You got it. Come on. Yeah, I tell you that, that Tessa watches it too. Tessa's probably seen it fucking eight times. I by dig now. that onward. But you know what? I got a I got a relationship with my brother that's not uh, that dissimilar to uh, onward. So perhaps that's huh? part of it. Uh are you the are you the older one or is I'm the older, older one. I'm the I'm the one who just kind of goes with his gut and like you know he's a little bit uh could be seen as a slacker by some, but he's really not. He's just obsessive. Like I, I definitely related to the, uh, the the buffoon of a older brother at at times. And my my little brother is uh, much more nebbish is not the nicest term, but you know he was it was it was as though they took a rough sketch of our relationship at times. Interesting. Yes. I mean, I shouldn't be admitting that publicly, but it's it's accurate. Admit it. All right, uh, who's up? I'm done, pretty much. You number tenet. one. I mean, what are you gonna do? Tenant. Tenant. As far as uh, as far as movie go, movies go, and movie events go, I mean, this is like movie nerd porn. Uh, however, I am concerned with the writer. I guess I'm not concerned with the filmmaker at all, but the uh, the writer. Um, Kind of, did I talk about uh, the love, the love me when I'm dead, at all with Orson Welles? Uh, yes, that was the 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 right at the end of his life, right? The documentary, the documentary about the the wind movie that he never finished, and some right. of these these guys that get in pictures in any art form actually they they are deemed geniuses early on, and they get it in their head a little too much and they're too smart for their own good and insecure at times. Look at me talking shit about Nolan, but I get the sense that he's always trying to be deeper than he's capable of being and it hurts the product. And if he's telling a straightforward story such as Dunkirk, I'm like all in. Or if he's telling like a fantasy, you know, comic book movie like Dark Knight, all in. Uh, When he's making like a straightforward or what could be a straightforward like, you know, heist cop movie but he has to put his own like genius spin on it with the backwards and the running. For those of you who might not know, like the, the way this was shot was to borrow a turn from, from the bald one, uh, needlessly elaborate, perhaps I have not seen the movie yet, so I don't know, but, uh, he multiple times, he'd have a giant, giant, uh, uh, array of extras as well as his primary cast and he would either have the extras doing everything backwards while the primary cast ran through across the screen forward or sometimes he'd have the primary cast running backwards and having all the extras go in, in forward a lot of like tricks eye trick uh, camera tricks like that which but that's not a camera trick, though. You you would imagine there's you would imagine no, there's a much easier way. But to it do was that. a camera trick because a lot of the time what he's doing is he's rolling the, the film backwards to play forwards, uh, and I it's see. just I it's see. a little too heady sometimes. And he's such he's such a good film, such a good director. And his brother writes a lot of this stuff, but then he gets credit with writing a lot of stuff. And I, I don't know if you know this, but you know he's been talking about remaking Memento now for the last year and a half. And it's like that kind of sh- that kind of shows like that he's just I, for his for his exemplary and and 
ahead of his time as a filmmaker he is he is a little bit limited as far as the story goes i think and he but he's he's got this hang up with he's trying to prove that he's deep and smart like same thing was going on with orson wells i think they're too smart for their own good and they got to try and prove to themselves and and everybody else that they're worthy of of the label and sometimes they outthink themselves right. so i mean this is me overthinking things perhaps uh the trailer it, with that Hans Zimmer, the score is, uh, is it, it, I mean, it's something to behold. It's a good trailer. It's a, it's a really good trailer. I'm excited about it. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it feels like he's trying to out Christopher Nolan himself in a lot of, in a lot of respects, which is a, is kind of a, a, a you know, a slipper slope or a trap, you know, in a way. That said, any Christopher Nolan movie is an event, so I'm 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 excited. I'm really hope I get to see the theater. Like July 17th feels like it's uh, right there on the uh, precipice of uh, yay or nay. Yeah, and I love how they're sticking with it. It's one of the only ones where it's just like they have not moved the date and they don't plan on moving the date, and that's very Christopher Nolan too, because you know that he's probably got some say in this more than other filmmakers would have. And I, I would imagine there's been meetings, yeah. and he's like, nope, we're sticking with that date because I. His movies do absolutely depend on the theater more than anything else that I I saw on the slate, short of perhaps Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, that's obviously, and maybe Black Widow, those big Marvel movies are, and DC movies, comic book movies. But uh, no, his movie celebrates the big screen more than than anything else that uh, anyone else is doing right now. And, and he's the one who's, you know, all gung-ho about IMAX. And, you know, Draft House is a, is a theater chain that really caters to the movie nerds, right? And as far as I know, they don't have IMAX screens. So when everything's said and done, you know, two, five, maybe 10 years from now, and we only have one chain left, I mean, I'd, if I was a betting guy and there were odds, I would put my money on Draft House still being around, and uh, I would have them maybe having IMAX theaters. But this is just, you know, pure speculation. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I, I, I would take that bet. All right, my number one, you ready for this? Well, you'd bet against me, or you'd bet, you'd bet with me there. No, no, no. I would, I would, I would take. I, I would, uh, I would bet along with you. That's a good. That's a good bet. Number one for you. Number one for me, uh, Anderson. You talk about movies that have to be seen in the theater, the theatrical experience. Mm. I, I, I have no idea where you're going. I would be, you, this could be a movie that slipped through the cracks of your research. You usually do pretty exhaustive research, but uh, this was one that amazingly I was not aware of. And when I saw it, Anderson, I, you, you may, you know what? Fine. At the risk of being called a pav, my, uh, my heart skipped half a beat. I won't say I skipped a beat, but skipped half a beat because uh, I have, I was very excited to see F9. that Peter Jackson, you know where I'm going with this? Yes, Brian. It's a fucking music doc. Yes, Peter Jackson uh, is is doing the "They Shall Not Grow Old" treatment with uh, the Beatles in a documentary called "Get Back," coming out September fourth. And this is so. There's a lot going on this here. Is the, uh, this is the this is the music doc of music docs. It really is because this is essentially going to be uh, the headlines where Peter Jackson is um, taking. Let It Be, which was the original music doc. This was 1970. This was uh, cameras getting unprecedented access to the Beatles as they recorded their album, uh, Let It Be. Uh, and it was a very tumultuous time in the Beatles' uh, uh, career. And Anderson, as you probably know, I'm a big Beatles fan. And uh, I watched this when I was a young man. My, my dad was a big fan of this. You watched what? I watched it when I was a teenager. You watched what? Let It Be, the original documentary, Let It Be. Mm -hmm. 
And is this where Yoko came on the scene and started screaming? Yeah, Yoko is in. Yoko's just in the background of she's every background. shot. She's like sitting. She's sitting on Paul's like amplifier. Like it's just like a she. She she no pun intended. She casts a Paul over the entire proceedings. Like it's like she's omnipresent. Just this just this specter in the back of the mm-hmm. room, and and the whole documentary while absolutely fascinating you're watching the greatest band of all time essentially fall apart arguably i'll sit here and tell you uh, but, why uh, is better <laughs> or duran duran uh, you're watching the beatles fall you know essentially break up right on screen in front of you it's a fascinating documentary let it be but it is a fucking bummer man it is not a fun movie and uh, I, I, you know, it's tough for me as a Beatles fan to watch this. Be like, wow, this is amazing. I'm really getting this is this is amazing to watch these guys. I'm not having fun doing it, but it's fascinating. Uh, and Let It Be actually can be seen in its full the 35 millimeter theatrical print. The original Let It Be on archive.org. You can look mm-hmm. it up. Just Google it. The original documentary and all of its glory is, is up there to watch. I would recommend people watch it mm-hmm. before they watch Get Back. Because from what I understand, this will reportedly include unseen footage that portrays the band in happier times and so this will be a little more of a uh, fuller picture mm-hmm. I guess of the of the proceedings but I am fucking I, I'm psyched this is a movie I, I will see probably multiple now, Brian, times in the okay, theater okay that's that's yeah. sad uh, but you you hear what you're saying right now do you do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth and do you see your enthusiasm do you feel it you feel it in your bones yeah, it's palpable, yeah. And then you turn around and you claim that you're not a big music doc guy and that you don't assign me many music docs. And it's, 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 it's a, <laughs> a, a, a stereotype of, a put upon you or, or it's unfair judgment or unfair accusations slung your way. You are a music doc junkie. And I could not give a fuck about this movie. I don't give a fuck about the Beatles. I really don't care. I like my own. I, I, I listen to... Uh, kids place live with Atticus in my car uh, all the time. That's pretty much our go-to when we're driving around, which is often, right? And uh, I find music on there all the time that I add to my Apple playlist that he likes, that I like. I like music that doesn't take itself seriously. I, I'm just not a music guy, and I, I wish I was. And I, I appreciate the fact that people are, but I'm not that guy. And I understand you are, even though you stay in your very, very pop Lane, I mean, you're Mr. Uh, you love the Beatles and Oasis. It's two, be- two best bands of the mm-hmm. 20th century. And, but I just don't, I don't care. It just does not interest me. It doesn't, and they're poets that, you know, they're talented and they throw themselves. Actually, you know what? I was a little bit moved here in uh, Post Malone to uh, Nirvana, actually. That was, that was actually, that's about <laughs> as close as I get to actually being moved. But like, I, I, I respond to like, Daniel Johnston and his genius that was, you know, what most people would consider goofy music. Like I I love Ween. They, they don't take themselves seriously and they 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 exist in this 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 weird cross universe where one guy is like a hippie and the other guy's like a punk rocker, but somehow together they make this great fucking music that's like you know, the full gamut of all different music styles save rap. I I just don't give a fuck about seeing the genesis of of the Beatles, let alone like seeing not the Genesis, but the destruction of the Beatles, and uh, seeing this updated, like you know, restored—it's it's essentially a restored version of an old, old movie. But uh, what I do appreciate is how Peter Jackson—I don't know if you read this—but uh, he he replaced with CGI Yo- uh, Yoko with uh, Gollum, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I hadn't—I didn't anticipate that twist. I, so she's sitting on Paul's uh, uh, amplifier, but it's actually Gollum 
and she's looking at uh, at Lennon saying, "My precious." Oh, oh, wait. What what does Gollum want more than anything? Uh, John Lennon's dick. No, come on, just play along. What does Gollum want more than anything? The ring. It was who's he looking at? Uh, Lennon. R- Ringo. <laughs> he keeps calling Ringo his, pre- his precious. Oh, because of ring, Ringo. Oh, I see. Ringo. I see what you did there, buddy. Pretty good. That's he's pretty lusting, good. He's lusting after Ringo. Oh, there's a whole subplot. Dude, there's a short right here. It. This is a short right here. Yeah. Somebody needs who's really good with the old after effects. Uh, <laughs> needs to make this. Uh, take, take like three minutes of this movie and just make it uh, replace Yoko. And <laughs> she's going, Ringo. Ringo. Oh, yes, my precious. <laughs> my pre- <laughs> this is genius. This is genius. This is good shit. That's not bad. All right. Well, we won't do anything with it, but uh, hopefully uh, a listener does something with it or somebody who's hearing this will we'll do something with it. All right. Uh, That's pretty fantastic. What else you got? You got anything else? For, no, but I do want to clear something up. I, 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 uh, I yeah. Hey, let me. I'll, I, I'll, I'll speak I for you. I'll speak for you, Brian. I do love documentaries. Oh, yeah. I hear this is Brian. I, I want to yep. clear something up. I do love documentaries more than I should. I am forcing them down Anderson's throat all the every chance I get, and uh, I, I'm just going to admit it here and now. And I'm sorry that it you know makes the, the program suffer. Period. Sign. Well, you're partially right. You 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 did, <laughs> you did say that uh, for some reason you're like you, you you don't like to admit that you're into music. I fucking love music documentaries. Everyone knows that. What is not true is that uh, I do not assign them to you that often. I think I, I over the last two years I've assigned you two music That's documentaries. True, I'm very conscious. I'm very conscious of this, Brian. This I've point, seen. I've seen. You've made it into a thing. I've seen a number of music docs over the last number of years, uh, and the only one that I've seen uh, on my own under. The only one that I've actually actively seen on my own is uh, The Devil and Daniel Johnston, which I admittedly love. It's it's maybe possibly my favorite documentary of all time. Probably is. But uh, that's the only one that I've seen that I wanted to see that I chose for myself to see back in the day. Every music doc I've seen since has been you. However, Dig is really good, though. Dig. Have you seen Dig? Have I seen Dig? I've seen Rip. So have I. You know why I saw Rip? Because uh, I assign you good movies. That's right. So you've only assigned me two, huh? Hmm. Interesting. What is, what is Dig? Is that with Jason Isaacs? Uh, Dig is the uh, the Moody Blues and uh, the uh, Jonestown Jamestown Massacre. Really, really oh. good documentary. I saw that twice. That's that's the last documentary music doc that I saw that I liked that I saw on my own accord. Every other music doc, Aretha fucking Franklin singing ad nauseum. I don't care. Don't appreciate. I understand that's talent. I understand a lot of people. I also understand a lot. A lot of people enjoy cilantro, and they put it on their their tacos. I don't like it. Don't like it. It's all racist. It has nothing to do with race. Well, it has to do with taste, obviously. All right. So, uh, Dig. I'm sitting in a very dark backyard, and the uh, the light switch is far away from me. So, uh, we we got to get out of here. Uh, see, Dig, Brian. Do it, bro. Assign you, Dig. I am a okay. So, so wait, I'm, I. I'm doing an IMDb title search for dig and I got to put an exclama- exclamation mark perhaps. Is it called dig it? No, just dig. Huh? Can't find dig. Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Dig. Dig. 2004. Yeah, that's it. Really good. No, very, no, the, very the enjoyable. Point. No, you got the exclamation point. Did it. And that's uh Andy Timiner. Uh, she made it and she's, uh, she's made some really good shit. Maplethorpe. 
Uh, uh, what else? She, I think she did the Bob and the Monster. Did she Bob and the Monster? Ah, we live in public. Oh, fuck to the ass. We live in public. Yeah, we live in public. Yeah, she made some real documentary. I like that. You one. know what? I, I almost one. watched Maplethorpe the other night, and this has ever happened to you, Brian? Uh, you're not crazy like I am, so maybe not. Maplethorpe's a documentary that came out a couple years ago about a photographer, and uh, not a big movie by any stretch. And you know, it was it was received moderately well, but it was a movie that I remember researching and just never seen. And I, I just woke up with Maplethorpe in my head for some reason. If I was a religious fella, I'd think like uh, Jesus is trying to tell me something, but I'm not. But part of me is like, why is this in my head? Why why do I feel like I need to see Maplethorpe? Why why is Maplethorpe just ringing in my head? It was weird. It was very odd. I didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't do it. As you can tell. No. Because I didn't flick She directed Maplethorpe. She did direct Maplethorpe. But Maplethorpe, that's now maybe I do have to see it. Gosh. Darn. You know what I don't like, Brian? Can I tell you real quick? Tell me. Uh, Tiger King, right? S- sensation. Everyone's uh, talking about it. You know, it, it came out kind of the... Per- it's it's a good uh, docuseries on Netflix, but uh, it happened to you know come out right at the beginning of uh, the... Uh, the, the, the forced uh, quarantine. So it became a smash hit. Mm-hmm. And now there's all these people doing, ah, we're going to do a Tiger King uh, special. And it's like, you would not have done a Tiger You're just pandering. You're trying to fucking jump on the bandwagon. And I and it's I yeah. hate it so much. I hate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Distasteful. Distasteful. Agreed. All right. Let's get out of here. We're just kind of waxing for no reason at all. Uh, listener list. Please send me your list, too, Brian. I didn't write anything down, and I need to put that in the notes. Listener list. Uh, thanks again to Jordan Wolf every week who compiles this list for us. Very appreciative. Uh, the French Dispatch is on the listener list. I uh, got uh, 5% of the uh, top five. The French dis- Dispatch, Brian. French Dispatch. Yes. Are you familiar with the French Dispatch? Fair enough. Dispatch, did this come up on your, on your, on your uh, uh, research at all? That's number five on the listener well, list. Well, it's a Wes Anderson movie, and people love their Wes Anderson movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I didn't even put them out. I ran. Bill and Ted Face the Music came in with uh, 40, no, sorry, 10% of the uh, top five. Number three for the listeners was Wonder Woman 1984 with uh, 10%, a uh, little over 10% of the uh, top five votes. Number two was Top Gun Maverick. A lot of people pumped up about that. I understand that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, number one, and, and bear in mind too, like it was the lowest uh, listener turnout as far as voting goes um, that we've had may, by far and away in, in recent memory. But uh, so that's that could be a part of the uh, the cause there. And number one is Tenet, a movie called Tenet with fifty two percent of the overall vote and sixty five percent of the top ten. Yeah, but you know what though, I understand the listener. Uh, the, 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 the reduced listener uh, reaction to this episode because it's a preview and episode. It, Not everyone And it took a lot out. of research, especially this year. It, it really did. It took a whole lot of uh, research. All right. Also ends for you. I got a couple good ones. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's see here. What am I really excited about? I'm really excited about The King's Man, the prequel to The Kingsman. The Trial of the Chicago 7. Bios looks interesting. That's a movie of Tom Hanks. Um, uh, Snake Eyes, I will probably see. That is a G.I. Joe franchise movie. Uh, Black Widow. Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, written and directed by Jason Reitman. Uh, Why are you surprised by that? They've been talking about that on the headlines for 
A year and a half nope, now. Uh, I'm not sorry if I sounded like I was surprised. I, I simply meant I, I meant to uh, for emphasis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jungle Cruise, I, I might uh, check out. No, and, uh, Brian. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Barb and Star go to visit Del Mar. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, negative. Go to Vista no, Del Mar. No, it looks very goofy. Yeah. And, uh, almost made my list, Brian. It's Tesla. Once again, we're going to see uh, Current Wars, the Current Wars uh, involving uh, Westinghouse, not only Westinghouse, but uh, Tesla, Nicholas Tes- Nikola Tesla as well. Nikolai. Nikolai Tesla, as well as uh, Mr. Edison there. Uh, Edison played by Ethan Hawke. And uh, we got Kyle McLaughlin. Where have you been, Kyle? Miss you. He's going to be playing... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Ethan Hawke is playing Tesla. Kyle McLaughlin is playing uh, Edison. And uh, Jim Gaffigan is going to be playing uh, Westinghouse. I really like that Current Wars. Uh, just missed my top 10 list from last year. Really enjoyed it. And uh, this is from the director of a movie called Twister, which you have never seen probably, from the, uh, nope. I want to say, late 80s, and starring Crispin Glover. And it is a, uh, it's a cult movie. I can tell you that. It's about uh, Storm Chasers? Uh, no, it's a different movie, Brian. Uh, 7,500 is a movie coming out starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's playing a uh, pilot and uh, terrorists uh, come onto his, are, are on his plane and they have makeshift knives and he has to deal with it. It's a thriller, uh, action-packed uh, terrorist uh, in the air movie uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Cool. The King of Staten Island. A little bit interested in this. Directed by uh, Judd Apatow and it is the story of, uh, what's his name? Pete Davidson. Davidson. Yes. Who, you know, he's on the cusp of being like a, a like a big cult hit, it seems, but then just falls off, at least as far as I can tell. Like he's just not really making that huge transition. He's kind of more famous for who he's dated than anything else. Right. But he is, you know, he's 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 kind of almost like a litmus test for uh, his generation, it seems, going into hmm. going into rehab and tattooing his body the way he does and being completely an open book uh talking terribly about people who treated him terribly uh coming up i i, I respect that but at the same time it kind of makes gives me like the I, I cringe when i hear him talking about uh, louis ck it's like you don't really it's unspoken rule you don't talk that way about other comedians but eh. anyways i'm interested bill burr's in that as well so the king of staten island will be coming out is that scheduled for the summer yes and then Irresistible, uh, with uh, directed by John Stewart, he he directs and uh, Steve Carell's in this, and it's a very uh, left leaning uh, comedy about uh, politics. So I, I kind of try and steer clear of those things, but you never know; could be very funny, could be very funny. But yeah. Irresistible is the name of that one. John Stewart directs. All right, all right, and here are some new dates that are no longer summer, but they were originally supposed to be summer that are are interesting. Uh, Spiral. Is a movie from the Book of Saw, and it's uh, another another oh, installation yeah. of yeah. Saw. However, Chris Rock is uh, responsible for the story, and he's also in the movie. And so, apparently, from what I hear, uh, early reports, uh, Spiral from the uh, from the Book of Saw is uh, supposed to be good. It was supposed to come out in, this summer, and it's been moved to to be determined. They can't figure out where to release this movie, but Spiral is a movie we'll be talking about. Uh, Soul, already mentioned, uh, moved from June to November. Wonder Woman, 1984, moved from June to August as of right now. Top Gun Maverick moved from June to December. Um, the French Dispatch, already mentioned that. Uh, it was in the listener list. Wes Anderson's directed, moved from July to October. Ghostbusters Afterlife moved from July to March 2021. And F9, Fast and Furious 9, has been moved to next summer. So as you can see, movies that 
the studios think have an a possibility of being good enough to be Oscar bait have just been moved to later in the year. Whereas movies like F nine and ghostbusters, they say, fuck it. We'll, we'll release them next year. Yeah. Well, te- yeah, take our ball and go to next year. Right. All right. Let's gamble and get the, get out of here. Let's do it. Buddy. All right. So last week's gambling was, have you seen the wrestler? It was a poll that I posted on uh, our Patreon poll page. And uh, give you a link so you can get to it and uh, vote. We had a number of votes. And uh, you had said 73% of our listeners had seen The Wrestler, whereas I said 74%. And it turns out the total is 78% of our listeners claim to have seen uh, The Wrestler. 242 votes uh, as opposed to uh, 67 people who have not seen it. So I win. Being off by five points and losing, that's a bitter pill to swallow, but uh, we were both pretty close. Now, Brian, I'm going to hey. uh, full disclosure here, be very transparent. Uh, it's your own fault because you don't check up on my work and you don't see what, uh, how things are actually portrayed out there. But uh, I might have led the, uh, the listeners to water here a little bit. <clears throat> what, what, how, what do you mean? How say you? Well, Brian, well, the, uh, the poll, the, the way that I posited it, what it was was uh have you seen the masterpiece that is the wrestler and then the choices were of course exclamation mark and the uh the other choice was shame to admit that i have not oh you salted the mind i did i did that what are you gonna do this is a this is a tainted victory i'm winner i'm winner uh how do we what do we do for gambling this week oh what yeah what do we uh that's a really good point Mm, Oh well, that's interesting. Maybe we could ask if they've seen "Let It Be" the documentary no, about no, the no, Beatles. No, no, no. I, I see that. No. Uh, I'm I'm assigning you Operation Odessa. Uh, I think that it's uh, a high. It's 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 almost treason. Uh, I feel like somebody should should pay judiciously judiciously for not having uh, uh, gotten behind this movie more and brought it to more people's attention because this is the kind of documentary that uh, more people should enjoy and. Uh, I, maybe possibly we say, have you heard of this movie before this episode? Have you ever heard uh, of? We could do that, or we could we could uh, do a little uh, pr- promotion for uh, our uh, James Bond drinking game. We asked him if he's seen Moonraker. Nah, all right, let's make it a Moonraker week. <laughs> so it's a pretty bad movie. All right, uh, what number do I want to go with? Have we seen Moonraker? All right, yeah, okay. All right, on three. Okay. All right. One, two, 35. 24. Oh, dude, much lower. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's not a very good movie. I, uh, I sent, a listener sent out a very uh, detailed idea for a new gambling segment. And, uh, I, I, I forwarded it to you. However, I've not heard from you. Uh, when you say very detailed, I say needlessly elaborate. Uh, I had a feeling you'd say something that's a staple in your arsenal and uh, fuck you. You said it it first this episode. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, I'd like to to say this real quick. Uh, Listener and and co-producer of the program uh, as, as we roll along here. Uh, Mitch Burns, he has a uh, his own podcast that I told uh, him that I'd, I'd let the listeners know if you're looking for other uh, to, to support other uh, movie uh, lovers who uh, 
wax poetic about movies. It's called The Brothers List, and they're on Spotify and iTunes, and they pick new featured uh, review each week, and then they put the movies on a running list throughout the year, and then uh, they, they end with uh, top five mo- movies based on that list, and they're on social media at The Brothers List, at The Brothers List. So thanks, Mitch, for uh, helping the helping the show every week, and uh, good on you for, for going out there and uh, speaking your mind about the about the movies. Check out the the brothers list L I S T yeah yeah. There you go. Check them out. Uh, listener art this week is done by who is this? Lucas? No, Louis. Louis? Luis? Luis Lacau. He's on our listener art before. Yes, I recognize that name. And this, I think that was the picture that was taken, like one of the first times we did the podcast in the orange couch days, I still have like puffy, like radiation face. Like I still have like a thick double chin. All right. Thanks, Luis. Excellent. Uh, listener art as always. Anderson and is where you go to check out Luis's art. Anderson and Uh, that's where you're going to go to click through the Amazon banner that costs you absolutely nothing. And I know a lot of people are doing a lot of online shopping these days. Understandable as am I, cause I don't, really want to go to a lot of stores or any stores for that matter. So if you are uh, uh, on board like I am with the uh, online shopping, doing a lot of Amazon shopping, getting a lot of that two-day shipping, click through the banner on top of andersonandbrian.com. It costs you nothing, literally $0 just to click and uh, gets us a little bit on the back end. So uh, thank you in advance. Appreciate it. Uh, Patreon, uh, right, available right now. Uh, top five dystopian films updated, as well as uh, Clockwork Orange sniff tracks. Also, we'll be uh, doing uploading the uh, 007 drinking game soon. Oh yes, you can. Yeah, this that. Saturday, guys. I hope I hope a bunch of you are there, and uh, we'll all have our drinks out and like, like we do. Let's not do the cheers. Like hey, I'm cheersing my uh, my computer screen. Let's not let's not do that. But uh, I'll be doing that. Uh, crazy. Oh, you know what, Brian? You could swirl. You could show. You could show oh, the listeners good. what I deal with. The swirling will be relentless. I'll be. I'll have my terrible new haircut. Yeah, yeah. But however, I shaved it down, and I'll be wearing the uh, the film vault shirt, and I'll probably be ownery. Probably be ownery because it's Saturday night, and I'm uh, doing a Zoom with you, Brian. Well, well, yeah, you'll be you. So understandable. So check out uh, uh, Patreon Film Vault. Patreon.com slash The Film Vault. The Film Vault is where you can find us at pa- Facebook and Twitter. The Film Vault. Uh, thanks to Geo. Thanks to Jordan Wolf, Mitch Burns, uh, and of course, Mike Cole for uh, all your help this week. You guys, we appreciate it. Great work, everyone. And uh, well, hopefully, get to see some movies soon. Till next we time. We do it for Vango! Seat of a pickup truck. Well, Billy couldn't believe